We'll do it live! F*** it! Randy Jackson. How's it going? Great. It's an honor, sir. I've been a Zebra fan since I was 10. <laughs> a long time. Yeah, and uh, it just so happened this album just turned 40. Is that right? Yeah. 40 years old. So if you do the math, I'm 50. <laughs> okay. That's true. <laughs> Man, I, I don't even know where to start, but I like to do a little quirky question right off the bat. And I'm okay. going to put you on the spot. If you don't know it, it's fine. I'll tell you the answer. Where right. were you July 17th, 1983? Does that uh, ring a bell? I, I was probably doing a gig, but maybe not. Where was I? Tell All me. All right. You were opening for Journey. Okay. And Fog Hat. At Tad Gormley Stadium in New Orleans, Louisiana. Rock and so, Roll Super Bowl. I had some of it right. I was doing a gig, but I didn't realize which one it was. Yeah, I remember that show. I do remember you? that show. Tell me about it. What do you remember from that? Because it's sort of a hometown show. It's a big deal. Yeah, it was uh, It was great. Because uh, it was. that was where I saw my first concert. Mm. Believe it or not. When I, was, when I was your age, I was 10. Nine okay. years old, something like that. Uh, I went to see the Beatles at uh, City Park Stadium, and uh, and this was the first nice. time. Yeah, this was the first time we were playing there, and uh, and it was a great show. They they gave us the keys to the city uh, at the show, and uh, you know everybody was into it. The album had come out, and you know, we we had a good time. It was great. Wow, that's that's awesome. The key to the city. Um, that story I got from Kyle Thomas, who is a singer for another New Orleans band named Exhorter, Thrash, 80s. Yeah. You've heard of him? Exhorter, yeah. He told me that story. He saw my records back here. Uh-huh. And we started talking about it. And and I asked him, have you ever seen Zebra Live? And he told me the story about Rock and Roll Super Bowl, Tag Gomi Stadium. He said it was slightly raining. Yeah, it was and, a little uh, overcast. Mm-hmm. And it was the sec. I believe the second concert he was ever at, ever wow. been to. So I know the Beatles are a huge influence, um, and and a big part of musical career and and influences. Um, what was that like seeing them at ten? It was uh, it was crazy. Uh, I mean, all I had known up until that point was like uh, Fred Flintstone and Huckleberry Hound. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, and all we had seen of the Beatles was on Ed Sullivan. Um, but I already was real familiar with the music. And uh, my parents got tickets for uh, my brother and I and them to go see the Beatles. And uh, we, we sat kind of way up high, away from all the teenage girls, and uh, <laughs> got to watch the whole thing unfold. But it was... Uh, it was pretty much just like you saw it on uh, on the Ed Sullivan show. The girls were going wild, uh, screaming, jumped on the field, broke through the couple of lines of policemen were trying to hold them back from the stage, and it was all the craziness that uh, that you were expecting, you know. Wow. I, know was a, I, I remember there was a, a family in front of us who had a teenage girl. I, can, I, I would guess she was probably about 14 or 15 years old. And towards the 
I guess a little towards the end of the show, she was trying to run down onto the field and her father had her by the arm. He's holding her and she's like screaming, let me go, let me go. Yeah, and then, I love you, Ringo, I love you. Let me go. She's like going crazy. It was like the exorcist right there. (laughs) When you were mentioning going to see the Beatles at that age and your parents being very supportive of that, and I grew up in New Orleans as well. The culture of music in New Orleans is very deep and very rich, and, and people really appreciate it. And other cities can say the same thing, but that's just my experience. Yeah, and New Orleans has its, uh, you know, its own, you know, its own style of music. You know, I, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of a lot of cities. I mean, you might see Nashville, and they say, well, they're country, but you know. But did it really start in Nashville? No, I don't think so. You know, country was like all over the place, you know, when it first started. Mm -hmm. Um, But New Orleans, you know, there was definitely that uh, New Orleans jazz style originated in New Orleans, you know. Yeah. A lot of the great uh, blues and uh, and jazz artists came from New Orleans, were were from there and recorded there. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Jazz City Studios uh, was a place that uh, recorded so many of the early, early hits, uh, you know, from that, that generation and influenced, you know, pretty much everybody, you know, from yeah. uh, Led Zeppelin to the Rolling Stones. I mean, it's pretty, pretty incredible what, what came out of New Orleans. And mm-hmm. uh, so there's a lot to be proud of there. You know? Definitely. Um, Kyle, when he was on with me, we talked about that and he brought up a New Orleans band and song particularly that he thought had a lot to do with it. Now there is generational differences, but um, we're generation X, but he mentioned the meters. They all ask for you. Uh, I I love the meters. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, they, they had, they, they definitely contributed a lot to the New Orleans sound, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, Aaron Neville was, was doing stuff back, you know, way back in the uh, 60s and uh but you know you can go back further than that and and you got Fats Domino coming right. out you know and that was that was a huge huge influence you know on uh, on on rock and roll and and blues in general mm-hmm. uh, you know Irma Thomas of course and um you know Professor Longhair I mean mm-hmm. you got it's just it's incredible the people that uh, that came out of New Orleans mm-hmm. and, uh, and influenced so many people. Yeah, and then it kind of um, obviously like most genres of music, there's there's different niches and different genres within it. But as far as like I would call it rock and roll to heavy metal, um, New Orleans has really has a distinct sound and a reputation that's bigger than what they are in New Orleans, you know, outside the world. I see that happen a lot with New Orleans bands, but Kyle and I were talking. I brought up a list. I said, here, here's the New Orleans rock and metal landscape. Like the top is Zebra. And he agreed. Second, mm-hmm. I put Lily and Axe. They uh-huh. had, you know, um, around the same time as Zebra, a little bit after. They definitely uh, had some sure. success. I put Exhorter. It's third, I mean, they were on the metal label in the early 90s, two records. Kyle and Exhorter is still touring today. Um, there's another band, if we go even further to it, just a swampy metal, it's this band called Acid Bath. 
who has been been out for a while. There's a cult following there, and they mixed a lot of different genres between psychedelic to to death metal. I mean, and everywhere in between, bluesy. They're very very good. But anyway, but zebra. Everyone has a zebra story. Um, that grew up in New Orleans. Time. What's that? <laughs> We've been around a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I do want to get out of New Orleans, but I want to talk about New Orleans first. Yeah, sure. um, Everyone mentioned St. Christopher and seeing Zebra play at dances. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Well, it was uh, it was like in the beginning, and it was it was great. You know, it, they were, those were some of the largest crowds we played in front of. Wow. Uh, you know, it gave you know we were playing nightclubs at the time, mm-hmm. also, and uh, but you know these kids couldn't get into a nightclub. At least the guys couldn't. You know, mm-hmm. how how <laughs> yeah. old were you guys at the time? Well, I was 20 when the band started, okay. Okay. 1975, and okay. uh, and you know, like some of the the drinking age was 18 at the time. Um, you know, people had fake IDs and stuff, but uh, but you you and usually the girls that were younger were able to get in easier than the guys, you know. But yeah, St. Christopher's, you know, what we're talking about was a place where you know you could come all ages, anybody mm-hmm. could come. And, uh, and we, we had great crowds at, at the CYO dances. There were several St. Edwards, but I think you're right. St. Christopher's was the one we played the most. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, a lot of good times. I'm sure yeah. there was a lot of crazy stuff that went on that we knew nothing about. You know? <laughs> of course not. Yeah. <laughs> no, Zebra, uh, Zebra is a wholesome band, um, I, I, w- I think anyway. And that is something I want to ask you about is your lyrical content. Um, very deep. Very relationship based. Um, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I would think it's not too far of a stretch to say you're a very sensitive person. Yeah, I would say so. You know, I, I and I wanted the lyrics to be like that. Um, mm-hmm. Try to put some thought into the lyrics. I mean, not all the lyrics are like are really deep. Some of them don't no. mean anything, you know. But, but uh, you know, with me writing a song. I want to hear, I want to be drawn by the music first and the lyrics. If, if they like the music, they'll listen to the lyrics. So that's true. Really pretty much all about the, uh, the music first, but when I would get into writing the lyrics, yeah, it was, I wanted it to mean something, you know, sure. figure something I could look back on, you know, and wouldn't be embarrassed. <laughs> that I wrote. Yeah. No, I, I, they held up what they they've held up. I, I really liked the lyrical content. I liked it back when I was in high school riding my bike along the lakefront, Lakeshore Drive, I'd have three cassettes, four cassettes. I'd have Zebra, No Telling Lies, 3.5, and Live. And it was just one of the four was being played at all times. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. It's really special. Um, and I, I think anyone who was at St. Christopher, um, remembers it and um that's pretty cool to be 40 years later and still talking about it today what happened in a little private school yeah in the gym in the gym Um, yeah i remember it well yeah um i want to ask about i can go into just so, so much detail about these three records but um I was listening yesterday to 3.5 which i think is i i mean i love them all uh, I, I I really love this record. Um, Thanks. 
it's like a kinder, gentler zebra, but it's still got the zebra edge. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. I mean, and and for me, I think it as an album, it works the best out of all of them. You know, it flows better. You know, I think uh, so. And it, you know, the, the, all the songs were written at the same time. You know, I wrote it. I wrote the whole album while we were on the road for the for the sec, you know, promoting the second record, and uh, and I think the only song that might have been a little bit earlier than uh, than the second record was uh, "Hard Living Without You." That was a song that we we had, uh, but it but it worked on the record too. You know, it fit right in with the uh, with kind of the theme of everything that was going on. So yeah, I think so. It's a second to last song. Um... I never really thought of it as out of place. No, no, it seemed seemed like it fit pretty well. So, I, I was listening to the song "Can't Live Without." Right, the notes you hit. There's very few songs that just like goosebumps that note. So, what was it? Did, did you remember doing that take in the studio, and were you like, "Yeah, I nailed that one"? Yeah, I mean, you know, I had. Um, that that record was tough for me to sing. I got all, overall forget about the high notes. I, I actually believe it or not, think that the the higher notes were the easier parts. I didn't have much problem doing the high parts, but mm-hmm. I had I had a real problem because we were producing the record ourselves with with my pitch in the studio at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd go back in the control room after I'd listened to you know what I had just done, and I'd be going. I sang that. That doesn't sound like what I just sang, but it, yeah. but it was obviously, you know, it's on tape and yeah. it, took, it took a long time to get the takes that I wanted to for those songs. So funny enough, after that record was over, I went to a vocal coach because somebody oh, yeah. told me, you know what, your pitch can be improved by going to a vocal coach. And I said, but what's the, di- what's the difference going to be in my ear? He says, Oh no, you got a great ear. You just have to learn you know, really how to control the muscles a little better than you're used to live because you didn't have to be so perfect live, you know. I said, okay. So I went to a vocal coach in Manhattan and, you know, within six months, I was like there. I was like, I could I could sing this stuff, go back and listen to it and not cringe, you know, <laughs> hear it, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, we had done the first two records, but, you know, I would sing and Jack Douglas would, you know, put the vocals together. You know, he was producing the record. So I didn't have the, the ordeal of having to piece it together. But uh, when we were producing it ourselves, had to sit there and it was, you know, a lot, a lot of work, a lot of work I had to do on that, but uh, made a really big difference going to take those vocal lessons. Even at that point, you know, I, that was the third Zebra record after that. Yeah. Well, it shows because I think, in in the year 2023 the clips i've seen of you recently and and your entire career honestly has always been good live um i don't think you lost a step i hope to be able to see y'all in new orleans um yeah we're coming there in uh, november yeah all your songs are i would think challenging to sing i'm really attracted to the highs would you call that falsetto yeah Definitely, you know. Uh, I mean, my whole since the band started, my whole thing was to try to blend my natural voice with my falsetta and try to change between them smoothly. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's always the challenge. And uh, 
you know, I've, I've, I've been doing it since like 1975. So all the songs that, uh, uh, that I've been singing have been like lean towards that, you know, cause they were all, people wanted to hear more stuff that was like a little out of my range. Now mm -hmm. I and Felix both sing too. They both sing lead and they did a lot yeah. of lead singing back in, uh, when we first started off, mm -hmm. uh, guy used to sing, uh, a song called You Fool No One by Deep Purple. Mm -hmm. Really high, strong, strong vocal. Uh, was that Ian Gillen? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, it was, um, you know, a great song, but he used to sing the lead on that. He had a powerful voice for doing that. Felix sang Aerosmith and some Stones stuff. Everybody took a turn singing some Led Zeppelin, but, you know, it was just a little bit out of everybody's natural range, but I was able to do the falsetto thing and switch to it a little better. So I ended up singing the, uh, the, the Zeppelin and, um, and then started translating that into, uh, into, into some of the uh, original stuff we were doing. So that kind of became my style, you know? I like that. I've always liked that about music and singers, not to mention what a phenomenal guitar player you're on. I do want to talk about Guy and I do want to talk about Felix. Um, but I've always been, a, I think that's what attracts a lot of people to Zebra and what attracted my ear at a young age is the switch up of the vocals. And as my musical taste got heavier, I started liking singers like Phil Anselmo for Pantera. Yeah. He would, he would do some of that falsetta and then he, he was doing the heavier. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, that was, stuff and some shrill just. So he, so, but I always, and there's a guy, Mike Patton of Faith No More. He's got a wide range. Axl Rose, you know, when Appetite for Destruction came out, I was like, yeah. wow. Yeah, Axl, Axl was able to do that, that switch pretty quick, too. You know, he's got a good voice. Mm -hmm. And so, even yeah. like death metal bands, I, I, I have a wide variety of tastes. I like the heaviest of the heavy and I like, you know, I like pop, you know. I got I, I to give it. I got to give credit to some of those guys because the way they rasp their voices out, you know, yeah. I couldn't do that. I mean, I would last like a song and a half and I'd be done, you know, True, but, but, but it's a technique. It yeah. is definitely. And, and the game has been getting like, just like in sports, when records keep getting broken, they're doing more things with their throats. Like what yeah. I've been seeing like the last year is insane to what guys were doing like in 2000 or 1990. Right. Uh, it's wild, but those guys couldn't sing falsetta. Right. Um, it's a, it's I don't think they could. I think what you do is just as difficult to do with death metal. Well, you, you've got, you definitely have to, to work on it. There's no doubt about it. Um, and it's a, it's a different animal, you know, it's a whole different technique, a whole different approach to singing. And, uh, but like I said, I mean, I listen to some of those guys and it's just like, man, like I, you know, I'd be, I couldn't do that. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't even know where to start, you know, I mean, I could certainly do maybe a song, but yeah, man, could you? some of the raspy stuff, making your voice go like that, you know, it would, it would just wear me out in a, you know, in an instant. Yeah. It's a lot of, um, it's like taking all the, the emotion from the zebra songs and then like amping it up with a bunch of anger behind it. Yeah. And then throwing in a little bit of melody and a little bit of like the um, sensitive side of, of real like angry dudes, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, not just I mean, have you seen the drummers these days? Oh, yeah. that's It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, if you ever watch a playthrough for like a band like. 
Oh God! I mean, Mashuga for one. Yeah, the, I mean the 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 double kicks and the and the yeah. and just like they're like machines. It's crazy. Now credit to Guy. He's yeah. Guy Galso, drummer for Zebra, is the first. Yeah, first of all, to all my new listeners or anyone who's come across this, Zebra has been together since 1975. Yeah. So this record came out in '83, and um, these guys are still playing together. There's no lineup changes. These guys, it's amazing. But guy was he had the double bass kick. Yeah, oh, yeah. I noticed that as a youngin. Yeah, and guy guy's a monster drummer, you know. Oh, he is. Uh, he he when he joined the band, his big influences were like Mitch Mitchell. He was more of like a jazz oriented drummer, you know. They make uh, the best metal drummers. Right, and he. Uh, you know, he loved the jazz, and there we were doing these songs that he wasn't really, like, digging too much. Well, the, the, not that he didn't like the songs, but he just didn't play that style. Mm-hmm. But he, he picked up on it pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, you, I look at some of him doing some of his solos today, and it's like, he's better than he ever was. I mean, he's, he's 70 years old now, and it's like, he's exhausting to watch, you know. It's oh, crazy. God, that is awesome. Yeah. I, I've... I heard you saying that 10 years ago about him. Yeah, it is still getting better. It really is. It's unreal. He's still banging the hell out of those drums. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is, he is phenomenal. All of you guys are phenomenal. I mean, Felix is just an unreal bass player, an unreal keyboardist. And like you mentioned before, their background vocals are just perfect, you know, yeah. behind you and in lead. Yeah, it's, it, you know, for three piece, it's worked out good. Everybody's singing and and doing what we do, so. Like one thing I talked about, Kyle and Exhorter. I'm sorry I keep bringing them up, but there's very okay. there's a lot of similarities. They're playing 30 years on their first record, I believe it's been, or since they formed, and you okay. guys are playing for 40 years on this record. That record's out for 40 years ago, right? It was this week, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I told him, I said, I think you, the Exhorter band and, and name is bigger now and more demand now for, for festivals and stuff than it's ever been. I think y'all are more popular than it's ever been. And he said, judging by the social media numbers and all the numbers we get, we are. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Zebra's headed in that direction if Zebra is not already. Yeah, well, I mean, it's people have, you know, thought we had, a lot of people have thought we just broken up because we weren't touring anymore. So we weren't in their city, we weren't in their face. And we weren't really promoting the band so much outside of just whatever gigs we were doing the last, you know, 30 years. Uh, we do one-offs, you know, fly into a city and then come back home. You know, we, were, we weren't really on tour, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will be the first year that we're actually out there, you know, doing a, this is a tour for the 40th anniversary of the record. And I think we're going to be doing uh, more shows this year than we've done in probably 20 years, you know. So, uh, you know, people are, a lot of people are, are becoming aware that, yeah, not only have they, are they together now, but they never broke up, you know, mm-hmm. around, you know? Yeah. So it's cool. And it's cool that people keep coming back too. You know? Man, I, I think people will. I, I definitely noticed, I know you've been on Eddie Trunk, um, yeah, I've seen y'all get some press. People love Zebra. I look at all the comments, and it's always positive, and it's always people just loving Zebra. You know, there's something about you that people really like on a deeper level, I think. Well, that's cool. 
I didn't. I don't have the Karate Kid sequel, but I heard the main character wore a zebra shirt in that show. Is that right? Yeah, it was. It was wild that he wore it on the show. But we, it turned. We found out that um, he went to the audition for the original movie, and he was getting himself psyched up for it for the audition out in his car mm-hmm. with no telling lies. He was listening to no telling lies. Yeah. And, uh, and then he went in and he nailed the audition and got the part and he's been a big zebra fan, you know, the whole time. So, uh, yeah, William Zabka. Yeah. We get people talking about it all the time because that show has been very, very successful now, you know? Yeah. Um, Kyle Thomas, when he saw the record, he said, yeah, no telling lies. When that song comes on, it makes you want to flip tables. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and and he's right. I love that song. Yeah. The openers for every Zebra record is a banger. Is that on purpose? Yeah, absolutely. You got you got to you got to start it with a you know we're 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 a we're a rock band, so you got to start it out rocking, and uh, that's how we've always done it. Hey, let's not forget Zebra Ford and the kickoff song Arabian Nights. Yeah, and, and that's a that's another good example. That's a perfect song to start a record with you know there's a progressive band named dream theater who covered the song take your fingers from my hair have you heard that yeah yeah i remember uh when they did it and uh you know i was flattered that they did it we knew dream theater uh for a long time at that point uh they had uh they called themselves something else before dream theater and i should remember it it's just not coming to me Mm-hmm. But uh, they opened up a couple of shows for us here on Long Island mm-hmm. uh, way back in the in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and so they were aware of the band. They had seen the band. And uh, and then when they decided to cover one of the songs, you know, after they had all the success that they had, uh, we were very flattered, you know, because they are a great progressive band, you know. Oh, they yeah. yeah. They definitely uh, earned that label, no doubt. Definitely. And they're still going strong. I love yeah. that cover they did. I thought they did a great job. And that's another yeah, song where your where your range is off the hook. They they really did a great job with it. Take your fingers from my hair. Yeah. Well, Randy, I can't thank you and the guys, Felix and Guy, enough for all the music y'all have provided many folks like me, and we still love it. Um I hope things go well on the new tour. Is there any place I could send people who want to see and hear Zebra and might go check you out? Yeah, just go to thedoor.com. That's the Zebra website. Like, who's behind the door? So it's thedoor.com. I ask you who is behind the door, but I'm not. We'll save that for the next time. Save that for the next time. Yeah. All right. Randy, thank you very much. Take care. Bye.